What is going on, guys? It's Chuck, and it's Peyton, and it's Dahlia laying on Peyton, and Logan laying at my feet, and this is the Easy PC Podcast. Um, how we doing, Peyton? It's been a rough couple days for you. <laughs> we're doing pretty good. I'm glad that she's asleep now, and we're just we're just chilling out. Well, if you guys don't know, we just had our first child. Oh, I don't know. Five weeks ago. Five weeks ago. Five and weeks ago uh, today. we're we're trying to work on her schedule and I work late. I get home late. So her schedule is basically stay awake when <laughs> dad gets home so he can't sleep and then mom can't sleep. <laughs> so she likes to stay up at like one AM is like when she like wants to wake up and just chill. So that's fun. But um yeah, we're gonna start today's podcast by just introducing ourselves for those of you who don't know us you're going to learn a little bit about us and for those of you who do know us maybe you'll you'll learn some of the uh details that you didn't know before and maybe it's just something you've heard 500 times but we're going to go for it here um so Peyton and I met in high school believe it or not um, and I, I guess the first time we met would have been when I was shadowing. I was transferring schools. Well, we didn't really meet then. I just kind of saw you from a distance. You don't remember me at all, but I, I remember. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't remember her at all. To be fair, though, I had gone there, like, my entire life, so having somebody shadow there was different, and we didn't have very many, so I remember most people that came, especially if they ended up actually coming to the school. Yeah, I just remember that day I wore these pink pants that I wore the heck out of. I wore those <laughs> pink pants until there was holes, like, in the pockets that were on my butt, and my mom threw them out without me knowing. <laughs> so, but yeah, so I shadowed. I didn't remember her. I don't, yeah. I, Thank goodness. Yeah, I didn't remember her, really. Um, But throughout high school you know we were always pretty good friends i would say as we got older towards junior and senior year yeah. we became became better friends um but my senior year i don't know who i was talking to but i was basically we were just messing around and we're in like this um workout class or something i remember the teacher was chris knafel and uh we would all me and the guys would talk about her and be like, oh, she's so, she's so hot. Like all this stuff. But, uh, Completely oblivious to her. Yeah, she had no idea. And I was like, yeah, guys, like watch. Like I I'm going to, I'm going to like marry her. Or I'm going to date her one day or something like that. And come to find out here we are married with a kid, got her own place and everything going, going pretty well. Um, but yeah, I mean, it wasn't all peaches and cream, you know, rainbows and sunshine the whole time you know we didn't actually start dating until probably three years after high school two two years after high school yeah it was three years it was it was about three years yeah almost. It was a, yeah it was like two and a half i guess because like our, our our senior year was like cut in half too so it's, yeah, it, was it was weird true. but um I just remember our freshman year coming back in the summer and going on one one singular date and we talked so long at the dinner part of it we missed the movie 
and we went back to my parents' house, and we hung out. Traditional first date. Take them <laughs> home to your parents. It but, wasn't like I hadn't already met them before. Yeah, so it yeah. wasn't as weird. But it was a, it was a good date. But at that point, like I had known myself that I wasn't ready. Like I wasn't mature enough for that that relationship. So so you know, as any person would do, any responsible you know <laughs> good person would do i instead of communicating that to her just decided that i was going to pretend it didn't happen and i was still going to talk to her like a friend <laughs> so tell us how that went for you for me i remember texting you after the date because honestly i'd kind of like looked up like what do you do after a first date because i had no idea i'd never been on like a real first date before and so i was like it said like multiple things about like just text him and say you had a good time, like da 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 da. And so that's what I did. And then you were like, "Yeah, I had a good time, da da da." And we were both like, "We should do it again." And then that was it. There was <laughs> nothing. And we like, I don't think we even like really texted for like a month after that, and just kind of we like we talked off and on, but it wasn't anything like it was before the date. So it was just kind of awkward, and I kind of had like hard feelings against you for a little while. I'm not gonna lie, but yeah. I think that the talking was the exact same as it was before, but you were just had your hopes so high Maybe. That, that, you know, it wasn't going in the direction. It wasn't trending the way that you wanted it to. Okay. And I don't know if you know this. I don't know if I've ever told you this before until now, but I remember like going back to school and you went back to school, obviously, and you had like posted this picture with this girl and it was just you two sitting on the couch and your hand was on her, like her, like it was her lower thigh, like near her knee. And I was just like, are you kidding me? And like, we never talked about it or anything. So I don't, it was a basketball girl. I don't know what her name was. I don't remember. I think I know what you're talking about. But I just remember seeing it and being like, what the heck, man? Like, did it, did it just like not mean anything? Or was this, am I just like getting screwed here? Like what's going on? Hey, you know what? You live and you learn. <laughs> the crazy thing is I didn't even like that girl. I had no idea. And I did, and we haven't been know, talking that I don't, much. I don't remember posting anything like that, but like it's the crazy thing like I never even talked to that that girl like more than like a friend. But she was like, yeah, she was crazy. I remember her name? She goes to like Southern Illinois or something like that. But yeah, but I had no. You, I have to, you have to think about it though. Like I had no idea what was going I know, on. I know. I know. But yeah, so we go through our whole freshman year of, of college. Come back, go on one date. Then we go through our whole sophomore year of college. And then as you finish, we started talking more towards the end of sophomore year. Yeah, it was like middle that, end. Because I remember you texted me in like February. Of right. So sophomore year. around this time, so I'd gotten, so my school essentially forced me into getting a vaccination, COVID vaccination. Um, I didn't want to do it because it's been untested. Don't know how it affects people long term. Um, don't even know that it really prevents COVID at all because so many people were getting COVID after getting the vaccination. Um, and I was basically told that I couldn't play sports. We both played Division One sports. I played Division One football at Valparaiso University. She played Division One soccer at uh, University of North Alabama. And I didn't know if it was UNA or North Whatever. Alabama University. Doesn't matter. But, um, 
we both played Division One sports, so they basically told me that I would ha- I would have to sit out for seven days after every game, which would essentially mean that I would miss like two games, like two games in a row. I'd play one game, like miss like two games, or miss every other game, or something like that. And uh, so obviously, I wanted to play, so I was basically pressured into getting the vaccination. And shortly after, I developed a heart issue, which I was having a heart monitor on. So my heart rate was super, super low. Um, I was having trouble breathing, things like that. So I had a heart monitor on for 48 hours. And at some point, I was like losing my mind, thinking like, there's something wrong with me. This vaccine's going to kill me. I'm going to die. Um, and at some point, there were people who, you know, were like, hey, man, like, hope you're doing okay. Da-da-da. And then there were people who I thought were like friends or supportive who just like dang man that sucks or something like that along the lines where it's like they really don't want to go outside of their natural lives to you know really reach out or do anything to to kind of comfort me or anything like that but Peyton kind of did the whole time she would ask me questions ask me how I'm feeling what's going on with that and that was when I kind of realized like like, oh, like, I might have messed up. Like, I hope there's still time to kind of fix it. And me being who I am and looking the way that I look, I knew I had a shot, maybe. <laughs> but uh, um, at some point, I had to, the heart monitor came off. But that's when we really started talking again, where I started making an effort to reach out. She was kind of dry at first. But that that's, like, it makes sense. I, I wasn't mad that she was kind of dry. I just knew that I had to break the ice. So I just kept trying at it, trying at it. And I think you were talking to someone at the time. Mm-hmm. And then you ended up, what happened? I just, I didn't really see a future with him. And frankly, I liked you better anyway. So, she, you, <laughs> so I just broke it all. Yeah, so she stopped talking with that guy at that at the time. And we started talking again. And I went to like, it was like a sports banquet. It was like the jocks prom yeah. for college. And what was yours? Did yours have a name? Uh, it was, yeah, it was called, it's called the sack ball. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah, S-A- Ours was called the tunas. It was like S-A-A-C or something like that. It's oh. student athletes, student athletes, something, something. I don't know what it was. Ours was the tunas. But, um, yeah, it was the sack ball. It <laughs> goes right along with the beacons. Trash. Just bad names. <laughs> but, uh, we went to that in, um. Mind you, this was this was in my rebel days, but um, I was not twenty one. I did drink before I was twenty one. I was not drinking at this time when I said it, but I basically just texted her like, "Hey, I love you," and she was like, "What the heck?" But then I started drinking afterwards. So when she responded, I told her like, "Oh, I'm drunk. I don't know." I tried to like play it off or whatever. I don't remember exactly what I said. Do you remember? I don't remember. But I basically I just that's remember that one part. Yeah, basically that's kind of how that went. And then we, so she ended college probably a week or two before. So she came back. I was doing finals. She came and visited me while I was doing finals. Um, we hung out. I finished my finals. I went home the next day. Um, and then we dated all through that summer. Worked at a fireworks stand. That was interesting. <laughs> We really learned. Is a word. <laughs> yeah, we really learned a lot about each other that way. It is. Uh, let me tell you, it is tough working with 
your spouse or a significant other or boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever, it is hard. You also have to think we were doing over like 10 hour days in the July heat. Well, like it was, it was long, hot days. So we were very irritable, but we had to learn how to interact with each other and communicate and all of those things. And it doesn't mean we're the best at it all the time, but we definitely learned. No. Yeah, for sure. It was longer than that. But at that time you were working two jobs. So you were working with me at fireworks to spend time with me because we, we wouldn't have any time other otherwise. And then you were also working at planet fitness at night. Mm -hmm. So I would let you leave early, go home sleep for a little bit and then you would go and work at planet fitness Mm -hmm. and then i would visit you sometimes at planet fitness after i got to work was i living at i was was living at josh's at the time i was living with josh that summer i think so so josh and i were were living together um because he was also working he was so i was a sales associate he was the assistant or I was the I was the store manager. He was a sales associate. So he would either wave signs or he would help me sell it inside the tent. Um, he would help me open and close. So I was there open to close like 830 to like sometimes 11. So sometimes there were like 12, 14 hour days depending on. Um, but we did all of that. That was kind of part of our summer. Then we went to Michigan Adventures, mm-hmm. me, you and. Me, you, Josh, and Isaac, your brother. And that was kind of our last hoorah. I got my motorcycle that summer. Oh, I forgot. I got my motorcycle that summer. Just for that thing to blow up on me later. Yeah. At least I wasn't on it. Well, actually, I was on it, but I got off of it. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, someone was messing with it outside of my college townhouse. And uh, they messed up a float. And it ended up getting gas stuck in like a carburetor or something and when I tried to start it up it caught fire and so but I got an insurance claim out I got money back for it I got probably 500 bucks more than I paid for it so cool beans cool beans but um yeah so that's basically kind of how it went and then uh you graduated I ended up hitting the transfer portal um huh said graduated early yeah early i'm proud of that okay (laughs) what was it a year and a half early yeah i graduated in two and a half years two and a half years so a year and a half early i was barely on pace to graduate but i was on pace man i was on pace (laughs) (laughs) right i was on pace but um i ended up leaving and and um so I actually, I had such bad grades my last semester um, that I got, I got asked to leave. And um, what had happened was we had a bunch of things going on personally that we're not going to share now, maybe later. But we had some things going on between us and then between the um, health issues that I was still having. Because later on, after that heart issue thing, I, I then went to the doctor for my lungs. Um, they were they decreased in size or something like that by like 40%. So I was going to get testing and they said that it was effects of COVID. My lungs, the tissues in my lungs were still inflamed. Da, 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 da. My blood oxygen level was at 86. It's usually at like 98. So we're having some big issues with it. And um, so I had all these things going on um, with that. 
I wasn't drinking anymore. I kind of given up the party life. I wasn't drinking. Um, I wasn't doing any drugs or anything like that. Um, and I was just, I was playing a lot of video games, staying up late. I, my sleep schedule was off. I wasn't sleeping at all. Um, I, I mean, other than that, that I, with at least information we're willing to share right now, all those things in considered, I basically reached out to one of my professors who knew I was a good student, who knew some of the things that I was struggling with. Um, she gave me a, she wrote me a letter um, of reinstatement basically and I was approved and decided not to go back um, so that was kind of a bridge that I was willing to let burn um, I was a little sour with the way that football had ended I had great uh, first two seasons third season didn't really go the way that I had wanted it to tore my quad for the second time the other one and then uh, so I was out for one game and then uh we had a new OC. He wasn't really running an offense that really incorporated me. Head coach didn't really like it. Needless to say, about half the coaching staff left after that that year. Um, but she had graduated early. All that is going on with me. I decided to enter the transfer portal, talking with some coaches. Um, I had a few people who offered me or or told me to, you know, to give it a shot. Ended up not doing it and joining the workforce. Now, this is the part where I had, like, five jobs within, like, six months <laughs> because I just had no idea what I wanted to do. And I'm still living at Valpo at this point, driving back, like, every other day to come see you because you're graduated and you're done and you're not doing anything. Okay, and I'm working. I'm not, like, just not doing anything. You weren't working. Yes, I where, was. where you were working? At Notre Dame. You weren't working there yet. You didn't work there until I moved in. Oh, you're right. You're yeah, right. so you're not doing anything for months, several months. Was substitute that... taught. You substituted, that's right. So you did substitute. Um, so I'm working. I worked at Culver's for a little bit for one of, for my uncle's sister. I thought about franchising, but then I realized, like, she's a franchisee owner, and she was working the 10-hour shifts that I was working in the kitchen next to me. And I was like, ah, I'm not going to do that for the rest of my life. So I left that pretty quickly. I decided that that was not for me. And then, um, oh, I worked at McDonald's because I worked at McDonald's previously. They gave me the, um, the hourly that I was looking for and they were giving me early, early morning shifts so I could work early mornings. And then if I want to go and visit you in the afternoon, I could, or I could, work like four days, early morning, 10 hour shifts, get my 40 hours in and come visit you on the, for, you know, a three day weekend or something like that. They gave me the weekends off. So I worked that for quite a few, um, for about probably almost two months, three months, to be honest. And then I worked at the moving company and that was, that was a horrible terrible. job. They were giving me good money hourly, but it was horrible because I never knew what my schedule was. So my schedule, they would give it to me like a day before or two days before. And I'd be in Elkhart and have to drive all the way to Valpo, Valpo either that night or in the morning super early just to figure out what I'm doing. It could be a three-hour job. It could be a four-hour job. So that was awful. So I ended up deciding to move back to Elkhart, and I was staying with you and your parents at the time, started working at a door factory. 
who was paying more money than the moving company, and I was getting pretty good hours at the time. But having had previous sales experience, I wanted to do something in sales, so that's when I started selling cars, started selling cars. I just recently left the car business after having our child and, you know, seeing some of the the way that, you know, the economy is kind of moving and, and things like that. Decided just to go away from that. Just wanted to have a more consistent. Right. Yeah. Day. Just something that's based on either salary or hour. And right now I'm currently awaiting some testing for the police academy for Elkhart. So we're going to um, see how that goes. That's coming up in late January. So we'll have some updates here soon. But right now I'm delivering for Amazon, getting really good hours, getting good pay. We're getting back on track. Um, yeah. So that's kind of that's kind of where we're at. Anything you wanted to add, Peyton? Um, oh, I don't know. Um, I think the only thing that I would add in terms of our relationship. Um, we didn't really talk much about like when we got engaged or found out we were pregnant. Yeah. Which I didn't know if you want to talk about that now or not yet. Yeah. Um, so we, so I actually asked your parents to okay. ask for your hand in marriage while I was still in Valpo. So yes. I came back and had lunch with and them. And you did that the week after I went on a visit because at the time I was oh, still considering yes. so playing college Texas. soccer in Texas um, to go for my master's because I still had a bunch of eligibility left because of COVID and a redshirt year because I got injured um, pretty much my whole time there. Um, but I had gone on a visit and it didn't go the way that I really wanted it to. And then the week after is when you proposed. Mm, two weeks after. Two weeks after. Two okay, weeks two after. weeks after is when you proposed. So I had, so we had already decided that if she ended up getting the offer that she was looking for, that if she decided that's where she wanted to go, I would move there with her, and I would either work there or I would decide to go to school there. Mm-hmm. And so walk, it was in Houston, and, so there are more. Either than try and there. get a scholarship or walk on, um, at one of the schools that was next. That, that was around, if it wasn't that one. I had another coach who worked at, um, oh, where was it? UTSA, which was San Antonio, but um, I had some connections in Texas. He's from Texas. I had connections. Um, I have connections with football coaches all around the country. Um, so I had, I had connections to coaches in that area if I, if I needed it. And, um, so we had, she ended up not um, going there, choosing not to go that route. Um, I had asked her parents for her hand in marriage the week before. Um, they said yes, but they said they wanted to wanted me to wait before we did it because we were going to figure out kind of timeline. Meanwhile, we're planning the wedding before we're even <laughs> engaged. I think I had already had the invitations like made except for the date. Yeah, on it. yeah. I mean, your parents were already planning it with us in the living room ahead yeah. of time, and um, when was that? Was that in February? January. So that so that was in January. It was at the very end of January because I think we got engaged like January twenty eighth or twenty ninth. Okay. 
So we got engaged January, and then fast forward to February. Fast forward through that because nothing happened. What happened in February? February. Valentine's Day, you came. Yeah. To Valpo. Yeah. And then March. Second was my birthday. Eighth was your birthday. And then we went back to Valpo to my to my house for the weekend, and we came back on the third, and that was when we found out that you were pregnant. Yep. The day after my twenty first birthday, and five days before your twenty first birthday. So needless to say, we didn't drink. Um. So that was scary, super, super scary, but I would be lying to say that I wasn't excited, super excited. She was not at not all. Not at all. Not even a little bit. I think I probably cried for two hours straight. Yeah, yeah, I held her and she cried in my arms for about two hours. That's not to say I'm not thankful now, but. Yeah, it was it was, it was tough so hard time. She is basically like, oh, my life is over. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Not what we had planned at all. No, not what we planned. Um, and so we had kept it a secret for twelve weeks. We waited twelve weeks, right? Eight. We waited eight weeks. Oh, she wanted to wait eight twelve weeks. I didn't want to wait eight. I didn't want to wait twelve weeks because I felt like we needed to tell our parents. And we're at a good stage. I think we had already gone to the doctor like two, three times yeah, without them knowing. Oh, it really. It was a women's center. Yeah, women's center, but just to check up and um, confirm. Yeah, we had told my parents first, and I remember the way that I <laughs> I did it. I basically just took a picture of the positive pregnancy test on my phone, and I went up to my dad and I said, "Hey, dad, did you see this?" And he kind of looked at me. He goes, "Oh, did you show your mom yet?" And I was like, "Hey, mom, did you see this?" And my mom was like. They were like, she, are you she serious? was like, oh, turned away for a second. Then she was like, turned around and gave me like a huge hug. She gave me the biggest hug she's ever given. Yeah, me. yeah. And uh, my aunt Mel was there. I, I told all my my aunts. We told all my aunts that day. I don't like, remember. I think we told all my aunts that day. It's a blur. <laughs> and they were all. And this this was great to feel. They were all super supportive and super um, excited for us and very comforting and i think it was so much help for you and where you were <laughs> um because i don't know the way i am sometimes like i i could stand against the world you know what yeah I mean? um i mean just the background we come from just yeah i mean we knew what we did was wrong right. and just trying to get past that and know that like we had to number one we had to tell everybody then we had to continue on with that as more and more people found out and just right i don't know i feel like i had to i felt not that i did but i felt like i had to deal with more judgment just because i would be the one carrying her yeah i mean and and, and i know that it's not really different i just felt that way at the time yeah well and the other thing too is like everyone knew kind of who i was and how i like i would never claim to be like the most perfect or you know i had my i had my kind of wildness everyone expected that of me that wasn't as much expected so out of you so it was a little it was harder for you to take um 
but I also think that the fact that we had to kind of grow out of that Facebook where we had to like, I kind of felt like we had to keep explaining ourselves throughout, like when people found out or, you know, when we're having conversations with close relatives or something like, but there's no explanation for it. Like it just like, like it happened because we were doing something like in a habit sinfully and you know when you get in that and no one's telling you because they don't know like telling Mm -hmm. you no because you don't know because they don't know or something like that right like it's it's hard so that's kind of how it worked for us but um telling your parents was not so fun and comforting not to say that they weren't so bad not to say not not to say that they weren't loving and gracious and compassionate I think they needed more time to process it was just yeah you're their first daughter they don't have as many kids as my parents um they they had kids within their marriage they were married first um granted it's not something that's new to any family anywhere but just kind of it was out of the blue they had no idea um we kind of sprung it on them uh, I was living at their house at the time, which made it even more uncomfortable um, for me personally. I think it was a lot. That was one of the scariest things that I've ever had to do, and I don't, I don't get scared. Um, I've been told that I have an almost disrespectful um, amount of composure in like. <laughs> scary situations so almost like I don't yeah like almost like I'm disrespectful towards the person who's trying to intimidate me if it's like someone who like a superior or right. something like that but um so yeah that was I was shaking um we told everyone we told all the siblings that night um I just remember Isaac just saying like okay like can I go back yeah. to bed now? They give like zero reaction. I like, was like, please say something. Audra was please, like, please. Audra was like, all, like in shock. Reagan was like, um, what? Yeah. Reagan gave us the hardest time throughout the whole pregnancy. And then once the baby comes, she's like best Obsessed. <laughs> like, um, like, yeah. So that's that was funny, but your dad was like, "I'll never forget the way he just grabbed his mouth and just yeah. looked at the ceiling." And then after a while, he basically said, "Like, come here, please, come here, like to you yeah. or something." And then your mom kind of laughed and was like, "Okay," but it was like a "I'm gonna cry" yeah. laugh, and yeah. she kind of was like, "Oh my goodness!" and I someone said a joke. I think you said a joke or something like, "At least your grandparents before 50. Yeah, I did. Like I that. definitely did. I had to lighten the mood somehow because nobody was talking, and, and I felt <laughs> so awkward. And I was like, I don't know what to say. And the only way my family deals with anything is with humor. So yeah. I was like, Well, this is gonna have to work. Yeah. And then your your dad was like, Did you strike a bargain with your mom about like, <laughs> yeah. gray hairs or something? Yeah. Uh, she she wants him to great grow gray hair that's a silver yeah, familial inside joke but um so yeah that was the whole engagement um we actually got married before our actual marriage ceremony 
too. My dad is an ordained priest in the state of Indiana. He married us in their backyard with our families, our mm-hmm. immediate most of our immediate families. The day before our year anniversary. The day before our year anniversary. So May twenty first. Yeah, let me go. <laughs> <laughs> and uh so we got married in in the backyard of my parents house and uh that's actually the same place they got married so oh, I didn't even think yeah about that. yeah so they got married there i was there um remember building the dance floor and stringing mm-hmm. lights with my dad um i was about four and uh then we got married i don't know our marriage date July 29th. July 29th. Yeah. I was just testing you. Uh-huh. And uh, July 29th, we got married at this church. I, the first time I was at the church was the day before the <laughs> wedding. Um, picked it out. Yep. She picked it out. It was great. Um, the reception was at our current church now. It was, um, it is right now in less than desirable condition, but it looked great in our wedding. The pictures turned out great. Mm-hmm. Everyone did a great job decorating and getting. I, we had a lot of compliments actually with we how did, it turned out, we, and I was surprised. Yeah, because you have for to, people who've never been there, if right. you saw it, it would be like, "Oh my gosh, this is great!" But for people who'd never been there, they say, "Oh man, it was so cute." Yeah, and our church now the ceremony isn't held in like a sanctuary; it's in like a gym. It's in like a carpet, gym, like a 1987. So like, it's like gym. you go in it and you're like, "Oh, so it's not like." The prettiest thing in the world but we made it work it was good i thought it turned out yeah. great our theme was was great it was our wedding for sure yeah definitely things was. in there that we didn't that no you saw at no other weddings right. like our last dance and in, in dodgers jerseys and yep. and things like that so that was fun um but yeah so let's see where we are on pace all right so Speaking of marriage and babies, one of the things that was really tough for us was having the baby and still focusing on each other, um, like within our relationship. That was something that was really struggling. Our communication wasn't as good. We got Dahlia speaking, speaking up. We're gonna we're gonna pause. We'll be back here in a second. All right, we're back. So talking about the communication. Um, our communication was, I don't say that, that it was worse than normal. I just think that once, once you have a baby, the level of communication goes up like double time. (laughs) Like it has to improve. Um, you can't have one parent and one spouse worrying all the time about this and that. Um, and it's hard to communicate effectively and still be respectful of, you know, the person's feelings of their day and their routine. And there's just a lot that goes into it. So one thing that, so I talked with my mom about it. Um, it was, it was a week that wasn't particularly going great for us. Um, and I, I called my mom and I asked for some advice and, um, she had asked about any, you know, post, um, like, post-marital counseling basically like not after you're married or not after you're not married i don't know basically like (laughs) after you get married having counseling while you are currently married like a young adult young and married counseling so one thing that i immediately looked at 
immediately looked at that day while I was working with some um, marriage counseling books. I tried to specifically look for some about being young, like being married and how a kid can affect that and working through your marriage with a new child, a new addition. Um, and I couldn't find anything. So maybe one day we'll write a book together about that and we can help people. Maybe not. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see how this one turns out. It's a, it's a big goal there. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Our pastor, Tony Tice, just released his first book. And it was it Start a Fire. Set, Something like Set a Fire? Light a, Something a fire, about a fire? Start a Fire. Tony Tice. Check out that book. He's, he's pretty cool. I'm sure we'll read it and give a review at some Yeah, point. he's not as funny as I am, but he's still pretty funny. <laughs> um, but so we are going to go through a workbook. We haven't started it yet, but our next episode on the podcast, we will um, go through kind of what we did and, and talk about it. Um, and it is called Your Marriage God's Way. It's by Scott LaPierre. Um, and it's just, it's basically a biblical guide to a Christ-centered relationship. Something that we're striving for. Um, it's hard to keep God center when you have so much going on. Um, it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter if you have a kid. It doesn't matter if you are single. It doesn't matter if you have been married for 55 years, have five kids, and they're all moved out and grown up, and you're retired. None of that matters. It is hard to keep God the center of your life, especially in today's world. Um, I most fearful for my generation for our generation because of all the distractions that are going on um but i i don't know do you want to speak on that a little bit yeah i mean i feel like definitely at least since dahlia was born um we've definitely struggled with communication whether it's just talking in general or it's talking effectively um because number one like just not seeing each other all the time and trying to make sure that we get across the most important things um, that we need to and just remembering those things. At least that's my, that's my um, struggle at the moment. Um, but then also just through all of the sleep deprivation and um, just making sure that we're talking to each other effectively, but also still remembering to be kind to one another and remembering that Yes, you're tired, but so is your spouse. And they're going through the same things that you're probably going through. And um, just remembering that you can't be selfish in the way that you communicate, um, even when you're tired, even when you're busy, even when it's the last thing on your mind. Yeah, uh, I think the the main thing that I would agree with is like, even though you're tired, so is your spouse. I work long hours. It's usually anywhere from 10 to 11 and a half hours. And then I, I drive 40 minutes there. I drive 40 minutes back. So, you know, that's an easy 12 hours that I'm gone. Um, plus, I want to try and get eight hours of sleep, things like that. Um, it, it is tough um, to communicate when you are feeling that sense of fatigue. But not only am I working long hours and I'm coming home and I'm having to be a father and a husband, my wife is being a wife and a mother that entire time. So not only are we always, you know, working at something or, or you know, our energy is getting pulled 
different ways. It, it is different, but it's the same, you know, in terms of the, the fatigue. And, it, and that's tough um, because she has a 24-hour job. Um, she's going to stay home and she's going to take care of our child. Um, if I ask for her to make me dinner and put it in a certain place, I feel confident that she's going to be able to do that by the time I get home. If she's not, I feel confident that she's going to be able to tell me that she can't do that right now. She's dealing with this or this or this. And then we figure it out. And that's just the way that we do it. I'm going to provide, I'm going to go to work. I'm going to provide in terms of our housing, our food, our, our money, clothes that we need, just anything that we're going to need. That's my job. I'm going to protect her. I'm going to protect my daughter. Our dog is going to protect them. I bought my dog, our dog, to protect them. So when I'm not here, we have cameras in our house. We have a uh, like a ring type doorbell. I can I can pop in and look and observe our apartment at any point throughout the day. If I get a weird feeling or if I get a notification, I can tell. I can look at any day. Our dog is 105 pounds. <laughs> He's huge. He is not nice to other people he does not know, especially if he can sense that you're not going to do anything right. He's very protective of my daughter. He's protective of my wife, and he is super, super protective of me. So with it, you know, protection, provision, my job. Peyton is doing great at being a mother. She's doing great at making sure that I'm eating what I'm supposed to. You know, because sometimes I get tired and I just want to go to bed or I'll hop on some games for a little bit or, or just whatever. Um, but this, hopefully this marriage book isn't going to hurt us in terms of making us more tired, more than it's going to help us in our communication. And honestly, that's one of the reasons why we started this podcast. It gives us another avenue that's fun and different to talk with each other and to just um, kind of lay everything out and we get to listen to it again um and we get to ask questions um to each other later so this is going to be a fun little segment in our podcast um it's going to be i don't know what we should call it book of the week or something like that i don't we'll figure out a name for it but we're starting on your marriage god's way by scott lapierre so if you want to follow along feel free we got it from amazon it's about i don't know it was about 15 bucks 12 bucks something like that Got it from Amazon, so if you want to follow along and you want to share your thoughts and stuff, feel free. Um, you can message us. Uh, we'll we'll figure that out too. Um, right now, you can you can message us, I guess, at Chuck the Truck underscore two um, on Instagram or Charles Brett Maxwell on Facebook. Um, we'll figure something out in terms of the podcast page, um, and then we'll get an email associated with that as well probably have our own page for both um but yeah the next thing we're going to talk about is basically our birth plan um, <laughs> what we were expecting versus how it turned out at I this i don't know if it was expecting as much as hoping yeah i didn't really have any expectations i mean we had some expectations a little, needless to say a those didn't happen but i was working at at grill elite ford i was working for ford at the time i was selling vehicles um i taken a week off I thought that she was going to come a little bit earlier. So I'd taken the week off. She didn't come up through that whole week. We ended up having to get induced, so I had to take another week off. Um, I wasn't mad. 
I was not happy <laughs> at my job. Um, we had money put away to where I could do that. We could be okay financially. Um, and she was induced, and the induction took forever. She got in there at 8 o'clock. Oh, Logan. Be yeah. good. Be good. There you go. We got in there at 8.30 in the morning. November 4th. 4th. November 4th. And she was born at 5... 5.13 a.m. on November 5th. Logan? Yeah. He's trying to give me some love right now. I'm holding the baby. But, yeah, 5.13 a.m. on November 5th. So that's how long it took. Plus, we were in... So we are in the hospital from November 4th. We got discharged on... Seventh at like nine PM, so we're in there for three days. Um, it's typical, typically two days, but we're in there for three days. The birth was the labor was about twenty one hours, something like that. Because there was because there was um, a time change too. There was daylight yeah, daylight savings. Daylight savings time and yeah, yeah, it was. Um, so it was midnight twice. Hours. Yeah, okay. it was. Uh, so we didn't get our extra hour of sleep, unfortunately. We were no. up the whole time. Well, I was. I was up for most of the time. <laughs> I slept for a little bit. No, that was fair, though. It was taking, but, it was taking a long time, because I remember even at, like, 10 p.m. on the 4th, I was still only, like, two and a half centimeters dilated. And I remember just being in miserable pain and being like, are you kidding me? It's been however many hours, like, over 12 hours, and this is as far as we've gotten. And it was just awful. Yeah, they they they'd given you like a the little pill. I don't remember what it's called at the moment. But. Yeah, it starts with a P or something. They gave you some pill, and that only dilated it another. It was like a centimeter and a half more than what it was already dilated. Yeah. And then. Then they did the pitocin, and then they tried. Yeah. That's that. what I thought it was the pitocin. Is that through no. the IV? Yeah, the pitocin yeah. is through the IV. Um. And, and then I they was... did the Cook's balloon. Yeah. And that's what really worked. That's what that worked. was when I got to three and a half centimeters. Yeah, that was like several which hours. Which is where I needed to be. Well, I think it might have been four centimeters, but it's still taking a long time. So we did the cook's balloon, and that worked wonders. That was great. Mm-hmm. Our, we both fell asleep, and I remember them waking me up and waking you up and saying, like, the balloon fell out. Like I was not I was awake during that time. Cause were they were you putting... the whole time? No, they had woke you up to help you go to the bathroom, I thought. Mm-mm, they had woke... They had... So but right before that, um, they put the Cook's balloon in when I was still like on Pitocin and such. And then I was in so much pain. We had been going for so many hours. Oh, that was that I got the epidural. the epidural. And then the Cook's balloon fell out a little bit later. At the same time, they're putting in the, um, shoot, what's the word? I don't know what you're talking about. Where, like, they put it in your urethra, and it, like... Oh, that you pee in? I can't remember. Yeah. can't remember. I'm blanking on the word. Yeah, me too. So they were putting that in, while, and then that fell out on its own. Um, but that was, I think, at... Because you wouldn't be able to feel with the epidural, so you yes. just pee everywhere. I can't... Yeah. yeah. I know what you're talking about. But I that was remember. at, like, I want to say, like, 2 o'clock in the morning? It was around 2 or 3. And then shortly after that, around 4.30-ish is when I finally got to yeah. 10 centimeters. Granted, my water still hadn't broken, so the 
Oh, we had to break that too. So to take this into consideration for out for all those hours that we're waiting, she was having intense, excruciating contractions. She had that back injury that she'd mentioned earlier from soccer. And so when she was having contractions, it was tightening up her back around that previous injury that was just making it super painful for her. So she did her original plan was not to get the epidural. Ended up, excuse me, ended up getting to a point that was so bad. We got the epidural. Once you got the epidural, it was like smooth sailing. Yeah, like, I think that was what finally allowed my body to just be able to relax and actually kind of get get, get going. Yeah, so that was that was great. Once that happened, go back a few days. We actually went to the hospital about three days early, four days early. Was it a week? Hmm. I don't know what it was. It was like the Monday before. That doesn't help. Was it like four days? Yeah. It was like four days early. We thought that we were going to have her that night, and that was when you were like only half a centimeter. Yeah. And we're like, darn it. Like, I thought it was go time. Drove all the way back. It's like 30 minutes away. (laughs) Um, We didn't get any sleep that night. It was like 4 a.m. But, yeah. I mean, once once she came, I watched the birth. Um, it's pretty amazing. I mean, parts of it is like gross, obviously, but overall it's pretty awesome seeing like a baby being born. I would recommend like watching, watch when she comes out. If you're pretty squeamish and you you can't watch some of those things, don't watch while she's pushing. I saw and I didn't, I shouldn't have looked, (laughs) but watch the baby come out. It's, it's pretty amazing. She held her for about 30 minutes. It was like minutes, an hour. Because the first, uh, I think, hour and a half of skin-to-skin contact is like the most important. Yeah, so she, you, you held baby. her for quite a, quite a long time. Mm-hmm. And then eventually I was exhausted. They, 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 she was, so 500 is the regular amount. 500 milligrams. Milliliters. Milliliters. Something, <laughs> something like that. That's the one, milliliters. It's like yeah. Something around that is like the regular amount of blood loss during pregnancy. She was at 900, so 1,000 is hemorrhage. No, I ended up losing 1,000. No, I know, but that came later. You oh. ruined the surprise. Oh. Surprise! She I had a hemorrhage. Surprised. No, she ended up losing more, so she had to get an iron transfusion, and then she got a blood transfusion the day, the next day. I got an iron transfusion the day of. And then the blood transfusion I the day after. passed out trying to get out of bed. Yeah, so she was low on blood and iron. She's currently taking iron. They prescribed it and and whatnot. Um, But that was why we were at the hospital a day longer than we were supposed to be because mom was having um, some issues kind of bouncing back from the low iron and low blood. Um, So I got to spend a ton of time with her. I held her a lot. Um, she slept right next to me in her little. Yeah, I think you changed thing. all of the diapers. I changed until all the diapers in the high, and I changed all of them for like the first three days of her life. Yeah, and uh, I swaddled her. I taught you how to swaddle her. Um, yeah, it was pretty pretty fun. They wouldn't even let me out of bed. Yeah, she. Yeah. The longest. <laughs> you didn't hold her for a while. You I almost her. Pro- I had to feed her. Yeah, yeah, that's right. But how how did that how did that go? You think the feeding process? 
right now, I mean, it's pretty. Oh, now it's pretty down pat. Yeah, early now it's on, fine. Early on, I was were you pretty nervous? And it, <laughs> I wasn't. I don't think I was like nervous. Nervous. My. <laughs> It was funny because my aunt has always told us like this analogy of what it feels like <laughs> and it's something that will never come out of like yeah. be out of my head and I remember thinking that and I was like I, I hope it's not this bad because it sounded terrible and she compared it to having your hands and your legs behind two different cars and the only thing that is touching the ground are your nipples like the street yeah yep like, and like they're going like 100 miles an hour. Just so, much, so much pain on your nipples. And it hurt. Like, I'm not going to lie. It definitely hurt. But it wasn't, wasn't quite that bad. Yeah. Uh, and, I mean, we had some struggles at the beginning. But we figured it out. And we're all good now. So, no, yeah, no we definitely. There. I would say that one of the most uncomfortable things for me was, like, the, the burping. Because we didn't burp her very well when she first was born. So, she would spit up. <laughs> Shoot, spit up. Hey, baby. Hi. Hi. Oh, yeah. So she would spit up quite a bit, and it would make me nervous because she's on her back. She'd spit up back into her mouth, and I'd have to turn her over quickly. So we got really good at burping her and making sure she doesn't spit up and feeding her certain She still spit up sometimes. She does every once in a while, which is completely normal. Um, yeah. What are some things that we, you know, in turn, so we have our baby shower, we're getting all these diapers, which we're super thankful for, everyone that gave us diapers and things from the yeah, baby so shower. We did a 10 out of 10 recommend, things. did a diaper raffle at my baby shower, and that is the way to go. Yeah. I recommend it. Everybody brought diapers. I don't think we've had to buy diapers yet since she was we born. We did buy some diapers. We bought some diapers, like, before she was born, but since she's been born, we haven't bought any. Um, so I definitely recommend that. We haven't bought wipes since she was born either. We've bought some before, but we mm-hmm. haven't been to the store for those specific things. Um, just because we've got... Wipes are people. not as expensive as diapers, I don't think. No. I, I bought so many wipes. But it's something that you don't think price. about yeah. until you're out, and then you're like, oh shoot, we're out of wipes. I bought like four packs from the dollar store that we just got finished using. Yeah, that's true. So And we still have that giant thing of uh, wipes underneath. Yeah, the which we still, I think we still have like five or six in there. In that giant thing? I think so. Of like three packs, five or six of the three packs. There's a lot in there. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, there's a lot in there. Okay. But um. But other than that, like what were some things that we used that we didn't think we were going to use as much? And some things that we thought we'd use more that we didn't use? Or that we didn't use as much? Um... I would say blankets. Everyone would tell us that that <laughs> yeah. people are going to bring so many blankets and they, you know, you're not going to know what to do with these blankets. We have like two blankets that she likes. We have a bunch of the swaddling blankets. Yeah, she doesn't super like thin. to be swaddled. She doesn't like to be swaddled, and she's good. She doesn't scratch her face. Um, we put mittens on her. She's never scratched her face. Not anymore. She did. She did once. And I put mittens on her. She hasn't tried to do it again. Yeah, so she wears mittens pretty much all the time. Her hands like, also get cold, so. Yeah. But um, we... We... have, like, two blankets that are warm that she likes. So, her Christmas list, for people who are asking, <laughs> blankets. Thicker blankets. Blankets, blankets. Um, what else? 
He's got a lot of cute onesies. She doesn't really need anything else, to be honest. No, I do. I will say I like the onesies that zip up from the bottom. Yeah. Because that makes it so much easier to change, like, in the middle of the night when you're exhausted. Zip from the bottom and the top. Either, honestly. Just as long as it zips from the bottom, it's fine with me. Yeah. Um, Most of them. But I really, the I really like those. Yeah, but I mean, like. The ones with two zippers. Some of them don't, though. Like, some of them will have, like, a zipper that starts at the top and then ends at the bottom. I want the zipper to always end at the bottom. Yeah, okay, I got you. If that makes sense. Yep. Um, so some of them will have two zippers, some of them won't. Um, we also use our, somebody told us our, like, we would never use our changing table, and we use them all the time. Yeah, I don't, I think it might have been my mom or something. Yeah, but I think it's just, like, we, we have a small apartment. It's different, though. We use both, we have two, so we got one, they ended up giving us wrong pieces for it so it was messed up so the wheels don't work on the bottom so it's just kind of stationary yeah and so it still works it's fully functional but we keep one out in the living room we have one in our bedroom we use both of them daily like yeah. every day every single time day uh we'll, we'll just set her down there she likes laying in it it's one of her com- comfortable spots for her and it's nice to be able to just like have her be able to sleep out here and it's higher too logan likes to come and check on her sometimes we'll give her kisses and lick her head <laughs> Um, and she doesn't mind. She loves him, actually. She'll look at him, and she'll she'll smile. She smiled mm-hmm. a few times at him. But it just, if she's sleeping, we don't want him to come and check on her. Mm-hmm. So it's high enough where Logan, he knows not to jump up on there. He knows, you know, that she's fine. If she's crying and we're there, that she's fine. Um, so it's just overall convenient. Uh Oh, the other things that are pretty convenient are the car seat bases. Your parents told us about those. Mm-hmm. But a coworker, one of mine, Matthew, over at Girly Leaf at the time, um, actually gifted us a stroller and a car seat. Mm-hmm. Same brand of the car seat and the, and the base that I bought. So they're all compatible. So all of Super our car seats, nice. all of our bases, and our stroller are compatible. So... Super big shout out and thanks to Matthew for that donation. That's awesome. <laughs> Great. Thank you. And then shout out to her parents because they had they had mentioned the bases and um, super convenient, super easy. Keep that strapped in. You don't have to use a seatbelt thing if you don't want to. Um, it's nice. It's all it's already strapped in. So mm-hmm. the stroller's really nice too, just because the car seat pops right into it yeah stroller's super nice and then you can use it after that too it's not just for that once she's older and can sit up on her own better and it's bigger Mm -hmm. you can use it for that still absolutely so i mean we talked a little bit about the first few weeks of having her Mm -hmm. um we're still i mean we're week five five, so but do you want to do you want to say anything else about it anything that's been particularly hard for you Oh, showering. Showering. Don't shower at night if you have a newborn. Oh, shower, shower during the, the day, day when she sleeps. When sleep. I um, just started doing that, though. She, so. she would try and shower at night when I'd come home, and I'd try and hold her, and she would eat, and then she'd fall asleep for like 20 minutes, and she'd wake back up and want to eat again. Yeah, and, and it I, may be different for every newborn, though, too. Yeah. I mean, that's just the habit that I had gotten into with showering at night before she was born, so it was just what I did. But our our newborn is kind of inconsolable around 11 o'clock at night so yeah that's which happens to be around the time that you get home yeah that's that's around the time i get home i think she gets excited um i mean we talked a little bit about it too just kind of how 
she has affected our marriage. I would say overall it's been a positive effect. I don't think that it's been negatively affected. Not negatively affected our marriage mm-hmm. overall. I would say that there are some things that, you know, we need to work on because of like being um, more aware of it because of having the baby. Right. But I don't think that um, having her, you know, made these things happen. I think they were already happening. We just weren't as aware of it. I think we were able to ignore it a little bit more. I don't know if ignore is the right word. Well, we could just tiptoe around it. We didn't have to address, you know, some of the... Our communication was okay. But if you ask anyone who's been married for five years, ten years, twenty years, whatever, fifty years, they'll tell you, like, good communication and forgiveness or, like, Mm-hmm. Like I've talked with several, several older couples who have said, you know, communicate well, forgive often, mm-hmm. um, and admit when you're wrong, you know, apologize often. My dad, that was some of the advice that he gave, apologize often. I don't apologize as often as I should. Um, but I mean, even today, you know, at some point we're getting frustrated with other and I kind of barked at you and I came back and I apologized later in the day and you're but like you were like what are you talking about I don't know what you're talking about um so that's like I guess that's kind of cool within our relationship but at the same time me being able to explain it you know if I feel like I was disrespectful or I barked at you or snapped at you being able to go back and explain that and apologize for it even if you didn't view it that way you know what I mean? Yeah, and I think sometimes we just have to allow each other to have to have grace in certain situations just because, yeah. like, there are times where that maybe that would bother me more than other times, but then I'm also learning that, one, he's probably just not in the best headspace at the moment. It's fine. We're going to be fine. So I don't know. Maybe that's just, maybe that's just that's only sometimes. Don't get me wrong. I still have times where I like way overthink no, it. No, yeah, absolutely. But, there are times where like I won't even like bark at you, and you'll start crying. I'm like, what did I do? Like, yeah. Why is this happening? That's the other thing about postpartum. I did not realize is so bad. Is your hormones are all over the place. Yeah. It was it was a tough ride. Um, there, it, it, so I grew up with a lot of brothers and a lot of sisters. My sisters were all really really young. They were pretty much toddlers, babies, young middle schoolers by the time that I moved out and had my own place. Um, I had my own place when I was 18. Um, in college, I had my own, own house, all that stuff. And 18, 19, around that age, to be honest. Under 18, whatever. But, um, so I never really had to, like, interact with, like, my sisters around my age or anything like that so we could kind of give tough love to my sisters while they're young because they were playing sports and things like that and then my brothers were all around my age I only had one younger brother who was not a baby and we were all super hard on each other so just different environments yeah so it's tough like going from like and I grew up with two you sisters whining and about one something brother. or complaining about something and be able to say to your brother like oh dude you're being soft you're being so soft, like toughen up, <laughs> like to be able to go from that environment to, you know, promote strength and, and grit and toughness and hard work in each other and being competitive versus your wife, who you want to, and you want her to, you know, be tough and hardworking and have some grit 
but you can't go about it the same way that you go about telling your brother that he's being a wussy and that, you know, he's got to toughen up and he can't get hurt all the time and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So that's kind of, that, that's been harder for me because I've found myself speaking like I would speak to my brother or my friend to my wife and having to say like, Charles, you're better than that, bro. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> like, you can't do that. Like, you can't do that. Or like, you'd be upset and I don't understand why you're being upset. And then you'll have, and then you'll be like, you're being mean. And my initial, my initial like thought is like, I'm being mean. You're so soft. Like, yeah. because that's what my little brother would say, or, you know, what, I, or my friends would say, like, you're being mean, like, you're being, you know, a jerk. And I'd be like, you're so soft, like, toughen up. Like, me playing a sport that I don't have the, you know, the physical appearance for, being five, six, and a hu- at my heaviest, 150 pounds, and playing football at the Division One level. I had to be anything but soft. I had to be gritty. I had to have a chip on my shoulder. I had to be tough as nails. And I had to, like, run fast and hit hard. Otherwise, I would just get destroyed. So, like, going from that and that mindset for the majority of my life, having to transition has been tough. <laughs> and when you're playing Division One sports, you feel like that is your identity. Yeah. Like, you feel like that's your identity. So going from that into the real world, it's not realistic. It doesn't prepare you for the real world the way that you think it is. You have to pick and choose what helps in the real world. Mm-hmm. But the way that Division One split, you have so much more time in the real world. So much more time. <laughs> Even with our child, I feel like I have more time. And I work 10 I don't hours know if a I, day. I, don't, I think it depends on the day for me. I don't know. Maybe just because it just I have to, I have to like making money instead of paying. Yeah, but I also have to like physically feed her every like two hours, so yeah. it's a little different for me than it is yeah, for that's you. So soft, but that doesn't no. mean <laughs> wow. So that doesn't mean that I don't enjoy it. It's just it's definitely different. Yeah, we're at about an hour and six minutes. Solid, solid. But yeah, I mean that is. That's the biggest thing I would say is just like sports. Great. I loved them. Our kids will be in sports. They will hopefully love them. Hopefully not being banned. No offense, banned kids. Yeah. That's yeah. Hey, everyone's got their talent. God blesses everyone differently. But. Just if anybody ever speaks to our daughter, do not ever tell her about marching band. Because oh, that's not now, a thing. Now everyone's going to tell her about it. <laughs> Maybe they'll forget Logan. about it by the time that she actually wants to do it. But the biggest thing is being comfortable in who you are. If you are in sports, realize that your sport is not your identity. Someday, even if you play at the professional level, someday that sport will be gone. And you'll just be left with yourself and your thoughts. And maybe your spouse. And if you're not in a good space and you're not comfortable with who you are and your identity in Christ, that's going to be tough. Uh, trust me. Take it from someone who's played at a super high level, been successful at a super high level, been blessed, 
and 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 taking all the glory and giving very little to God. Take all that from me. It when you when you're done. I did. When you're done, and you're just left with your thoughts, it's a scary. It's a scary space. It's super easy to be depressed and not know you're depressed, not know why you're depressed, not know what to do when you're depressed. It's hard to sometimes get out of bed. It's hard to, even though you've worked your whole life and you've been hardworking, it's hard to get that hardworking mindset back. Mm -hmm. It can be very dangerous if your identity is in something that's not the Lord. When, when your God is football or soccer or volleyball or basketball, it becomes very, 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 very hard to have joy in your life, to be happy, and to be comfortable with yourself. Mm-hmm. So that is my advice for those of you who are in sports, even if you're not in sports, whatever. Say you stream video games. Rad job, by the way. Super jealous. Love that job. <laughs> but... Say you stream video games, say you sell cars, you travel the world, whatever you do. If your identity is not in Christ first, whenever that ends, you're going to be stuck. You're not going to know what to do. If that does happen, the best thing that could happen to you is you hit rock bottom and you go and find Jesus again. (laughs) And if you don't find him, he will find you. And it's usually a lot better if you go find him first. So, those are my pieces. Think if you got anything before we get out of here, our uh, dog's going bonkers right now. Yeah, going back to what you said real quick, um, just about how you don't like your identity is entirely in that sport. I mean, I also related to that. I mean, one of the things that you've gotten onto me for is the idea of just like I don't know how to relax, and I still probably don't do the best at it. Um, but just like you still shit. don't really know how to relax. Yes, but I think I've You're gotten I think I've gotten better at it. Um, and just forcefully, I've relaxed. Yes, you. but that just kind of goes <laughs> back to like the hardworking kind of aspect from playing in Division One sport and having that be your life and never having a free moment to yourself. Um, and like even our pastor said it a few weeks ago, it was just like resting in the Lord and recognizing his stillness and um, that's something that you don't really think about or at least I don't really think about very often is just uh, resting in him and resting in the still voice that he has um, because he's not like in that one passage where he's not in the wind he's not in the storm he's in like the soft whisper Um, and God is in every single moment of your life um, and sometimes he just needs you to slow down and hear him. Mm-hmm. All righty. Well, thank you guys for listening to uh, Easy PC Podcast. This first episode should be released on the 22nd of December. So you guys can listen to it on Spotify. We will be um, recording here soon and uploading to YouTube and some of our later episodes. Um, but right now our house is a mess because we're wrapping presents <laughs> and we've got our dog Logan running all around and sometimes we may need to feed the baby. So we're just going to keep to the podcast for now. 
Um, once again, thanks for listening, and we will catch you on our next episode. Uh, we love you guys. God bless. This is where you say bye, Peyton. Oh, bye. <laughs>